And hello, everybody. It's Tom Chenault. And look at Will and Natasha. There's, aren't they adorable? They are. I'm so <laughs> nervous about this show. I interview more cool people, but you two have got me scared out of my wits today for some reason. Even though Natasha, this is her third time on the show, Paco. Holy moly. This is my little boy, Adrian, and he's five. And uh, we're very, very excited to have these two people. They are mentors, role models, and my idols. And I don't say that very often, and it is the truth. And I want to first do a shout out to the guy that's let me be on this radio show for the last 12 years, nonstop, 550 radio stations. He's a maniac, and he's just about, he's on the cusp of celebrating. And he told me I shouldn't say 43 years of continuous sobriety, but he's got 42, 42 and nine tenths. And his name is Ted Anderson. He owns Genesis Communication Network. And he's never charged me a penny to do this show. He's just all of it and a bag of chips. I love him. The famous author, John Milton Fogg, sold over a million books. Sober is a saint on here, too. He's just written a book called I Don't Drink, which is unbelievable. And we're getting the right crowd here. And hello, Adrian. How are you? I'm good. I told you we needed some better looking guests and you finally delivered. Oh, I know it, man. I'm telling you what, they both look like they were made for TV or for something, but that isn't who they are. I mean, who these people are is sobriety, emotional sobriety, physical sobriety, physical, so, uh, spiritual sobriety. Never met anybody like them and they could do anything with their lives. They've done monster things in their life. But I just tell you. Their complete monomaniacal desire to help the still suffering alcoholic, drug addict, and everybody else out there is something that I wish I was a good person to do. So many of you are looking at my t-shirt. You're blind as a bat and you can't see what it says, but read that for me, will you? We're going to zoom you in. What does Let's it say? see if we can do it. It says, the best part of sex is remembering it. So that is the truth. And if unless you are a recovering alcoholic or a complete and total lunatic, it makes no sense to you. But that's kind of the crowd I attract. That comes from my buddy, Duke Rumley, who's got that sober AF. You know what that means, entertainment. And he made me this t-shirt. So I'm very excited. Hello, Natasha. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for hosting us. And I'm so grateful that we could include your dear friend and my dear colleague, Will Vogt. <laughs> I love him so much. And he's done so much. I got in trouble, in a lot of trouble. And I was so freaked out. And I called him on the phone because I was like ready to jump out the window of our first floor building. And Will just laughed. He said, you're an idiot. That's not trouble. And then he told me about all kinds of other people's problems. And I was extremely grateful immediately. And he talked me off the cliff. I love him. So tell me a story, Natasha. Who the heck are you? And what is a tall drink of water like you doing completely committed to people in, the, in this boat called recovery? Uh, thanks so much. You know, I, I feel it's appropriate to speak about kind of my origin. Each time I've connected with you, the first time was actually when I was in Michigan with my cousin, Meredith Allen, who is the sixth generation of our family cattle ranch in Montana. And my, my family is the seventh. And I was the passing of my grandmother. Do you remember that? Of course I, I was there. I was there and, um, you know, the legacy. And uh, then the second time we interviewed together, um, I think your son was there as well, if I remember correctly. And it was, I was calling in from Montana. 
And so although I'm in New York City currently, um, the story for me is about being a seventh generation and thinking about all the heritage that my ancestors have gone through, true survivors. You know, no matter what club, they're going to put a stake in the ground and homestead it. And here we are creating and taking that on. Will is actually in Montana and he often uh, visits the ranch and is there. So I feel like this is full circle. Um, so to me, that's the story is that we're still here to tell the tale, not only from the legacy of a family, but um, surviving much more insurmountable things. And what you've done is found a life inside of sobriety and helping people to achieve it, right? Yes, I have. You know, I did an intake interview last night uh, with some parents of a 19 year old and they were like, please tell us what happens after people go through your program and co-hosting the um, interview with me was an alumni of seven years, Aaron Gershenson, who now works in the company and runs our SBC townhouse in New York City. And, and she goes up oh, touche, it's in the pudding, you know, there it is right there, you know, um, so I didn't have to really explain it more. But I really have um, been able to create a space where not only I can be of service and use to others, and, and, and help others find a path in that space as well. So anybody wanting to find Natasha and Will? And you should want to find <laughs> Natasha and Will. You got to go to this website right here. Yeah. And I was stuck on that. In my last year of drinking, my income was $877,000, which in 1988 was a ton of money. So all my friends would grab me and say, Tom, you've got a drinking problem. You got two DUIs and two disturbing the peace in one month. And I'd go, really? Well, look how poor you are. Maybe you need to drink more. Because I was stuck on the skid row of success. And I, you know, yeah. I thought that alcoholics were winos laying in the gutter, which they are often, but just as much they're guys than women that are really, really doing okay in their life. They just drink too much. And what you've done is provided a place for all those people. And I love you for that to the point of sober companions, which you... I can't even fathom what the world would be like had you not come up with that program to help these people keep track of their sobriety with putting another person on their tail. So you're unbelievable. And I just can't thank you enough for it. Yeah, com complete vigilance. This disease of thinking that we have, that I have, uh, doesn't rest. It doesn't sleep. So I want to make sure that each day that's unfolding, I'm doing everything I can to combat it. I, uh, I really respect my disease and don't take it lightly. Um, so thank you for recognizing that. And I like to say people who have money, more money, more problems. <laughs> oh, by a long shot, by a long shot. I scoffed at people trying to tell me to straighten out because I was such an arrogant idiot. Will vote. You hold on before you go. What? there. You we have some friends on the radio who didn't see the website on the screen. So the, the website that you need to go check out is silverbellcoaching.com. And that's going to give you access at a huge level to some big help well why didn't you just put it back up oh because they're listening on the radio yeah okay good. Sorry about that. this is my first show i've never done a radio show in my life yeah those of you that are in your car yeah that's how that it's not going to be a smoke signal you got to go to silver bell coaching will how are you i'm well hi tom hi adrian <laughs> it is so good to see you so it's will has a suffering life he's not only an actor on all these shows all over the world and all over the TV and the movies and some, some cartoon now that I can't even figure out. He also 
is one of those companion guys. He's unbelievably versed in helping people. And he's in Montana right now doing that very thing in Natasha's organization, helping people stay sober on the phone, on Zoom, and in person. You've kind of given your life to it too, haven't you, Will? Um, uh, very much so. Um, mostly, I think, to what Natasha was saying, just through my own you know, personal journey, um, which you know, in the normal kind of day-to-day outside of, uh, of a recovery community, um, I can be, you know, outspoken about, um, but my own journey through, you know, alcoholism and depression and things like that led me to a place where I needed to, you know, seek help for myself. Um, and once one starts to heal, um, it's kind of the, uh, you know, an opportunity presents itself to share that with other people and to help other people, kind of like uh, what Rumi talks about, um, the wound is where the light opens and you, you find something for yourself and people come around you and, and help you heal. You know, with regard to problems, right? You never know what someone is suffering from. You know, there's no universal equation. I, I saw one of the listeners just post up that they lost seven, you know, seven loved ones, you know, to suicide in the last, you know, many years. And, my heart breaks, uh, you know, a very popular person, uh, who was on America's got talent, Nolan Neal, who was very forthright about his struggle with addiction passed away today. Um, and people drop left and right, but there is an opportunity to help and to find out, you know, what that thing is, you know, substances, depression, excess. It's never about that, as you know, Natasha will tell you. It's about feelings and experiences and traumas. And we, you know, we find things to medicate. Um, and sometimes, I mean, in my case, I can only speak for myself. You enter a cycle and you don't even realize you're doing it anymore. It's just a hamster wheel. Um, and it takes an outside force in order to stop that wheel from, from moving. Um, and what I can tell you is that Natasha and Silver Bell Coaching is very much that outside force, a outside force, a very strong force. Um, and, and that's what I've done. Um, you know, I work one-on-one with uh, usually predominantly teenage males, you know, who suffer, you know, trauma, not by their own hand at a young age that can develop life-threatening substance abuse problems and behavioral issues. Um, and we, we get in there and we meet them where they're at and we create a concierge program working with the family in order to help them out of the darkness and into the light. And sometimes that can happen quickly. And sometimes that happens, you know, slowly, but I think just like each one of us, I kind of want to take my glasses off. So I'm not the only one with glasses or I'm like, Oh, we all have glasses. Look at us. Sometimes, you know, oftentimes it's as different as each one of us on this, on this show. We're all different people. We all have different idiosyncrasies. We all come from different families. We all, except for you and Adrian, of course, because you were in an incubator and that's your son. Um, but we're all different and unique. And sometimes it's not a one size fits all equation. And that's really the brilliance and the ingenuity of what Natasha has brought in developing this company and flourishing it 
you know, in the last great many years is being able to find what those nuances are to bring specifically, you know, to an individual and help them find their way. Because my way is not going to be Natasha's way, is not going to be Adrian's way. We all have a different way, but we can all get to the same place, which is happy, joyous, free, but healthy physically and mentally. I agree with all that. And I think what you two are doing, and we're going to get into exactly how to hook up with them and understand what they do in the next segment. And then the segment after that, it's a longer segment. And we're going to get the, the 10,000 foot view of what Natasha and Will really think about the problem that we've got on this planet, not only in the United States, because it is an epidemic. Kids, adults, old people are all dying right and left. And it's not fair. It's not right. And all we have to do is communicate to stop it. They say the opposite of addiction is true human connection. And what these guys have accomplished is exactly that. I'm in awe of what they do and it only gets better, but we need to help them and help them with people, help them with money, help them with time. So we're coming back right after this on the Genesis Communication Network. Well done. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's the break. We got 30 seconds. So anything you want to talk about, Natasha, I mean, get as deep as you want, get as boring as you want to mm -hmm. get the point across that we've got a lot of people out there that are sick. Yeah. And um, I'll talk, I'll talk about a few stats, few stats with partnership to end addiction um, yeah. that I work with. Uh, Good. Here we go. We're going to be coming back right now. And we're back. This is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, my beautiful friend, Will Vought, and his friend, Natasha Silverbell. And you thought, how did he do it in that order? I didn't want to act like I was hitting on Natasha. So that was pretty good. <laughs> Natasha has been unbelievable to us, to my family. She's been there when the water was deep. She sent me help. She met with us in New York. She is a complete and total rock star. And then she plugged Will into our life and he's become this dear friend. And sobriety's been your life ever since, you know, you were four years old. You've yep. been dealing with this insane asylum <laughs> called these people. That's true. I, I, some of my earliest memories are uh, sitting, you know, on the back deck at an at a AA club in uh, Inglewood, Colorado. And that's just where we hung out with dad. And, you know, you, you get to be around all different kinds of people and to see that, you know, the addiction is something that touches, you know, it does not discriminate on any possible part of the spectrum, right? It's nobody is exempt from this. And that was a valuable lesson to me growing up. When he was a little kid, the, uh, the AA meeting was right here. And then there was a creek right out the door and you could smoke in the meeting. So you couldn't even see across the room. So Adrian and his little sister, Courtney, just hated it. So they sat down there and tried to catch crawdads in the creek. And I am speaking in that meeting. I look out the window and Courtney's gone in the river and, and Adrian's like five and he's chasing her down the river. And I had to fly out of the, I, I saved your life, actually. You're a hero. You owe me. So anyway, <laughs> Natasha. Did you, how did you get into this position? Were you singing too loud in the choir or were you some sort of alcoholic yourself? You know, I think one of the, the pieces that has, has helped create this company and myself is that when I did uh, wrestle with sobriety and decide to move to the winning side, which I call surrendering, and I went into a 12-step program, but by God's grace, I, I was able to speak very transparently into the public about my issues with substance abuse and harmful behaviors. And 
So in New York City, at the time, I was doing events with Russell Simmons. And so I would invite all of my socialite guests to the Plaza Hotel to do a luncheon. You know, we did a Valentine's Day luncheon back in 2011, 2012. And I sat there with my guests and they all knew that, you know, I was very open about my recovery. And so as a woman with a mother of three kids and I was sitting there very dignified at a luncheon talking about my story, um, there was no shame. I have had shame and I have gone through that, but I've learned how to move through it with so much grace is just to speak my truth and share it with so much compassion. And then of course, what that does is it opens up a doorway for other people. And of course, then I went through programs to be certified as a recovery coach and a life coach. And I started my first case with mothers who were in jeopardy of losing their children in custody battle. And as a, as a sober mother with three kids who also went through divorce and knows how to navigate that, I just put one foot in front of the other and was shoulder to shoulder with my client. I'm not above them or below them. I'm in it with them. And I think that's the difference. There's an unspoken language that I have with a client or the companions do when you can walk into a room and you don't need to say anything. And there's a gesture, there's a mannerism, there's a, there's a reverence that you have for the person suffering and they feel that. They yeah. sense that you've got a doctorate in drunk. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> We're all parents here, especially on this. I'm a parent, Natasha's a parent, Tom's a parent. And I'm sure that there are, you know, the people that are listening, you know, right now on the radio, you know, that you have a loved one, there's somebody in your life that you're thinking, wow, but to model the behavior like you did, Tom, you know, for Adrian or, or my son, you know, I think that that's nothing is, as parents, nothing is more important than our children. I do believe, you know, for myself, that modeling that behavior and actually making the changes in my life when my son was young, like, like Adrian was for you, change the course of his life and it takes the stigma it takes the shame away and they know oh dad doesn't uh, dad doesn't do drugs dad doesn't drink dad's in therapy dad's willing to talk about problems i can ask you know mom and dad you know certain questions you really reframe the energy that you have because children are very in tune to what is going on with their parents even though what's not said well, I want to add to that. It's not so much just being transparent as my kids grew up on my hip. They went to 12 step meetings with me. I didn't want to play the victim. I would talk about my problems, but in the same breath, I would give the solution. And I think that's so important to be honest and transparent about I'm really having a rough day. Like I did a lot of pro bono workshops with an organization I'm an ambassador for called Partnership to End Addiction on the Upper East Side of Manhattan to the private school parents. And I teamed up with some of my mother friends and we talked about how do we cope with stress when we come home? What are we modeling to our children? Are we, if we don't have a substance use problem, but we're still grabbing wine to show how we're coping a glass or a bottle of wine at night, let's pause and think about the message uh, continually, maybe uh, every now and then it's okay, but continually sending our children. So what can we do? You know, and I often reference the books, you know, when you're a parent, you read these books to your kids, don't hit Susie, what can you hit? A drum. Don't bite mommy, what can you bite? An apple. So um, when I have stress as a mom and I come home from a hard day of work, we're just being out with the other kids or what have you, what can I model with mommy's exhausted? I'm gonna sit down and get a glass of water and maybe put my feet up. And then mm -hmm. your children are watching you pause exactly. for a moment in your day, re regroup and then move forward. So really- A quick the break. Turn the camera off. We're going to come back right after this. This is Will, Adrian. Yeah, this.
Well, she, that was perfect timing, Natasha. We'll be back right after this. Okay. Um, hey guys, right. would it be, would it be yeah. okay? Cause I have, I have, I have someone, we have 10 more minutes of the show, right? It's a 30 minute show. Is that correct? No, it's a show, but there's about 20 minutes left, but you can leave whenever you okay. want. Okay. No, no, no. I have someone, I just need to tell them I'll be 20 minutes. They're waiting for okay, me and, and it's a double booking by accident. I'll be a moment. That's awesome. For sure. Nobody is okay. waiting for me. Yeah. So well. All right, we're back. It's Tom Chenault. It is Adrian Chenault and it's Will Vaught. And this is so fun because Will, I love, and we got rid of Natasha so we can really talk. So this is really great. No, no, well, no, no. Oh no, that's bad news. Okay, so Will, <laughs> don't you just love your life, Will? I mean, you just travel, you meet all these incredible people. We hear stories. We find out that the people that we don't think are human are truly more human than we ever thought. You have sure. gotten connected at levels that I cannot believe with people on this planet that people just are in awe of. How's that feel to be able to take your sobriety anywhere proudly? Well, it feels really good and it's not something that came right away. Um, right. I'm about nine and three quarters year sober. That means uh, no alcohol, no drugs. I've been in therapy for you know over nine and a half years. Um, and to your question, well, it, it, well, two parts. One, it feels good to not have shame, and that didn't really come until year six, seven. I always think that people, you know, would be judging or something, and that's all the magical thinking. You know, that's all on my side of the street. The other thing about being connected with, um, you know, with interesting people, or uh, I think that it's more telling that you know the universe you know, connects us all because we all experience. It's like, if you're looking for light, no matter where you are, Akron, Ohio, Kansas City, Missouri, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, you're going to find light. If that's what you're looking for, if you are looking for darkness in the same places, you will find darkness. And I think that when I, for myself, realized that number one, I had an issue, you know, number two, I needed help. And number three, I needed to change my life. Otherwise, I was probably going to die. All the metrics in the data suggest I should be dead. You know, I started gravitating towards like-minded individuals. And regardless of station or wealth or geography, you wind up just coming into contact and creating a fellowship of people that you know, have experienced similar things. You know, regardless of if, you know, if they're less successful, more successful, it doesn't matter. It's now this common language, this common bond. So you know, I just, I have a community, you know, of men like yourself, Tom and, and Adrian, and, and of course, Natasha, she's the CEO of the company and I work for her, but she is also, you know, a close confidant and somebody that I feel safe, you know, reaching out to. She is a guider for me, you know, and can steer me in the right direction if I need a moment, but it just changes everything. It's like people always say, well, it's so hard to start working out, you know, so they get all these programs and all these things. Getting out of bed and just walking outside, you've begun. You've taken a simple action. You know, you've made one phone call. You know, you've told one person that you're feeling sad today. And, and that's really all it takes. You don't have to construct, you know, some 180-story building. You just need to take one step in a new direction and be honest with one person. And, and in Natasha's case, what I've seen is this magic where she at times 
is that person? And people will reach out to her and all of a sudden it's like, let me help you. And she'll start creating a new path. Um, I can't, I mean, it, the show's not long enough. So lives have been saved. You know, one of the common things in recovery, whether you're suffering from depression or substance abuse or, or whatever the category is, I know way too many people. I've got way too many people's numbers in my phone that are dead. I did not have a relationship with death until I got sober. I did not start meeting people that were gone the next week until I got sober, you know, and we're in the saving lives business and there's no more important life than the life of my son as a parent, you know, and if I can give that gift to other parents and share my experience, strength and hope, then it's worth it. And that's what Natasha and Silverbell coaching give me an opportunity to do. And, uh, yeah. And look what you guys have done for Dominic, both of you. I mean, Denise is watching this. She's probably in tears because the stand that you two, because Dominic thinks he's a little New York cool kid. So he just loves both Love of you. So much. I know he is a New York cool kid. But to be able to have friends like you that are going to put a kid like him under your wing is, and the kid like him is endearing, not bad. He's not a bad kid at all. But man, I love you. It's unbelievable. So, all right, I can tell you one thing. Oh, we're, we have yeah. 15 seconds. No, we're good. No, we got plenty. You know, like, you know, maintaining people's anonymity. I was, I was taking some, you know, athletics classes, some yoga classes. All of a sudden, it goes down the line. And, you know, the person reaches out to me, you know, and says, I have this major problem, you know, um, and was suicidal. I called Natasha. I said, This is a good person. This is a person that needs help. Within 30 seconds, Natasha was on the phone with this person, connected this person with resources, got this person a coach. And not only is this person still alive today, they've got over a year in recovery. They're a beacon of leadership. They're married. They just had a baby. I mean, a life was saved. And I was at the gym. Do you know all I did? All I did was answer my phone, which at times... I don't know if you're anything like me and I pray to God, you're not. I look at my phone and go, I don't want to answer that. I'd rather just keep doing what I'm doing. All I did was answer the phone. And sometimes it's as simple as just answering the phone for someone. So Natasha, yeah, like show, tell yeah. us some statistics. How bad, you're fine. Uh, don't worry about a thing. How bad okay. is the problem? Is it an epidemic? Where are we? You know what was coming up for me, and I really am led by my intuition a lot. Not everything I do is by intuition, but I involve it in, you know, the heart-mind connection is so important to have an intuitive thought and then connect it with a rational thought in your brain and say, and fact check it within your own self. And so one of the things that was coming up for me to, to actually answer that question was to go to Adrian and just check in with Adrian for a minute. As you were being raised by sober parents, what were some of the most meaningful moments for you? that when you look back about, you know, my dad got it right or my mom got it right in this one area. Sorry to put you on the spot, but I have a feeling you can handle it. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. You know, um, this is a, this could be a very long story. I'll make it a short story. Uh, my dad, when he was still single and living in a singles apartment complex that had two bedrooms, uh, a, a homeless person decided to <laughs> adopt himself into our family. He was totally down in the, as far down in the dumps as you could get. He asked for help. 
dad said, sure, if you stay sober till Monday, I'll help you thinking I'll never hear from this guy again. And lo and behold, on Monday, he called and he took him home. He moved him into the bunk beds in the second bedroom in our this apartment and created little hidey hole bedrooms in the two walk-in closets apartment, uh, which just sounds like child abuse when you say it on the radio. But it wasn't. It you know number one we we never slept in that room anyway. We slept in his bed every single night. Any in any case, so that, that didn't matter. And this guy Isaac, who had about two teeth and had an IQ of about 500, which I don't even think is possible, and a heart even bigger, became part of our lives for 10 years. And uh, that is a crazy story. And it also, I think, really illustrated like that, you know, that was not an inexpensive sacrifice for anybody. And then Denise ultimately married into that bizarre family arrangement. And that guy moved into our house together with Denise. And I mean, it was just insane. And it taught me that that guy mattered. And I'll tell you what, most kids grow up thinking, I want to stay as far away from that person as possible. And he had a story that would bring you to your knees. He had an incredible amount of shame, uh, some of which, you know, sadly, he never fully dealt with. And his kids showed up at his funeral to pretty much spit on his grave and got Mm. to hear from who he had been so far, you know, removed from that he didn't even know where to find them. And Mm -hmm. they heard from us what an impact this guy Isaac had had on our life. And I think, you know, that's a grandiose illustration of the idea. It was so many. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian, that's perfect because what you're describing is a life without judgment. And I think if we have to really look at what's gone wrong is that we're so full of judgment of others, which really is just a projection of judgment of ourselves. And so for you to not only be taught, shown or, or taught or told to not have judgment, again, that's that modeling appropriate behavior. It's not even what your dad did. It's what this anonymous person really did. And just literally like Will just said, he showed up. So one of the most important things is that I like to be a woman of my word. And that's what this program taught me. My parents instilled, like, instilled it too, but I had to learn it. I had to learn what showing up meant myself by not showing up and the pain and the suffering that that caused me so that when I did choose to show up, I felt the gratification within a sense of self and so that I could carry out how to not judge somebody because I also, although I am a Ford, former Ford model and beauty queen and I'm a tall six foot blonde, yes, I have this, what society would call today a physically attractive exterior, but the shame that that brought me because I didn't want people to see me for the exterior. I want them to see me as this young, sweet, kind person that isn't just about the external. I have a lot to offer from the inside out and that goes into the actions. So I really appreciate your story and it kind of just drills point the home, it drills home the point that I'm really helping parents not worry about the big house, the big cars. Like you said, Tom, you had this big paycheck. You didn't think, you know, anything was really wrong. Well, what happens when we take that veneer off? What's underneath? And then you were able to raise your children and, and showing them what was underneath. How beautiful. I don't have that problem, um, you know, that Natasha has. You know, uh, nobody is like, so, so people with me go, oh God, I hope he's a good person. Like, uh, cause they're not, they're not, uh, they're not, they're blown away by, uh, you know, the aesthetic, but, um, to what Natasha was saying, 
you know, and your question, the recidivity rate, you know, and this is a huge problem. Uh, it's a huge problem. There are eating disorders, there's substance abuse, there's drinking, there's pills, there's THC, there's new ways to smoke THC. The, the, what, what our children are being taught at a very young age by other children, regardless of where they live, what the income level is, 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 is horrifying. Now, not everybody winds up going down this path, um, but sometimes they do. Sometimes people just need a helping hand. Sometimes they need a reset. Sometimes they need somebody to listen to. Sometimes they need, you know, and that's what Silver Bell Coaching is able to offer. It's able to offer to people, you know, what it is you need, you know, whether it's a coach just to, you know, maybe you want your career to be a little bit better. Maybe you want your life to be a little bit better. Maybe you're not good at relationships. You know, if you have an eating disorder, that's something that Natasha's team specializes in and they have got amazing resources around the world and just getting sober. You know, the problem for me and my story is I could not do it by myself. And that's hubris and ego and fanciful thinking. You know, let's take a little I break. We'll, we'll come back right after this. This is so fun. And I love these two people so much and they have helped so many people. And one of the questions was nine years of therapy, Will, did it really help you along with AA? And I want you to talk about that on the other side, because lots of people can benefit from so much from Silver Bell. We'll be back right after this. Okay, one more short segment, Natasha, and you're out of here and you can go to your ritzy Amazing. stuff. But we got, yeah, well, oh this my is so gosh. exciting. How's the horses and your little girl? Good? Amazing. We're moving to Florida on Monday. For, you're moving? Okay, you can't ask these questions in a 30-second break. Okay, good. <laughs> Five seconds more. I want to hear about that. Call Denise. And we're back. It's Tom Chanel, this will not. It is Natasha Silverbell, and it is Adrian Chenault, the very scarred young man from the crazy childhood <laughs> I put him through. It was awesome. And that guy, and Denise married him. I mean, she, we moved that guy, the homeless guy, into the house, and... It was unbelievable. He was the best thing that ever happened to us. It taught us all empathy and it was beautiful. And he used to say so many crazy stuff because Adrian alluded to how smart he was, but he goes, Tom, you know, you get, you take him from the skyscraper, I take him from the gutter and we'll meet in the middle. And that's exactly what we did. And we just chased drunks all the time. It was our life and it was so fun. But Will, therapy, Silver yeah. Bell, Natasha, yeah. therapy, it is so important, isn't it, Will? And you've stayed plugged into therapy the entire way because AA will take you so far, but you got a you got a lot well, of yeah, outside help, outside help, outside issues, um, and uh, yeah, therapy is a total game changer. I guess you know for me because otherwise, you know, otherwise I'm left with just my thoughts without a guide. You know, now you know Natasha and I have talked about this. You and I, Tom, have talked about this. The Dalai Lama, you know, said that the 12 steps of AA, greatest gift to human civilization in the last hundred years. Why is that? You know, step one is the only thing that has to do with something that's being abused, whether it's alcohol or drugs, food, gambling, sex, what have you, shopping, Amazon Prime, you know, to excess and unmanageability. Two through 12 are about who I am as a man, who I am as a person, how I'm showing up in the world. Am I honest with myself? Am I being accountable? Am I doing anything to help anybody else? And if, 
And that's really what happens in therapy. A therapist helps me process, you know, the experiences of the past where there's pain, shame, fear, whatever it is, release that so that I could be in the present. You know, what Silverbell coaching does, you know, Natasha getting you a coach, we work on the present, the now and building tomorrow. You know, so when you have both of those elements in play, you know, well, now you've got a team. Wouldn't it be nice to have a team? You know, I've got my own therapist. I've got my own people in recovery that are independent of the work that I do. And if I didn't have those people, I wouldn't be effective, you know. You, you know what I might jump in here and add, though, because I still see my therapist, and is that the right connection. A lot of people aren't very pleased with their ther the, the therapy outcome, or they go to a few sessions, they're like, nah, I didn't find it very helpful. Maybe you need a different therapist. Right. However, in the same breath, I will say, don't therapist shop. You know what I mean? Like, I would say, try on a few, like limit yourself to a few, and then say, go with one and give it a good six to six months to a year and see sure. what results. This is, there's no finish line here in therapy. And it, it really is, it, it's a it's a maintenance program, kind of like acupuncture. You go once and be like, okay, great. I got a muscle spasm released. Okay, do you want to keep doing that? And so you need the consistent uh, maintenance of it. So I think those are some of the key components for people who have tried therapy and aren't really thrilled with the results. Yeah, finding your person, being honest, you know, uh, I, I remember asking a guy, hey, can you help me? How long will that take? And, <laughs> and the guy had a, a yellow legal pad and he went, mm, well, you're a very complex case. Um, I <laughs> that I could fix you in seven sessions. And I was like, yeah, this guy's full of crap. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and also, also one of the key things to look out for is a therapist doesn't fix a person. They coach and or treat the person. When you're in therapy, you diagnose and treat coaching. You take the present moment, like Will was saying, and you move forward. And in therapy, your therapist is to help you. The most I was trained by a forensic psychologist named Marvin Aronson, who since passed away, and he said, Natasha, the most important thing you can get your client to do is to get them to think for themselves. I do not answer and tell my clients what to do. I help create a space that they feel safe in to be honest and then help them process week by week or whatever, day by day, what is their next appropriate move? And I've got to, these people introduced me to a friend that's was so far down and in so much trouble. And I have been in conversation with this person for a year now, watching them climb out of the despair and they would call me on the phone and I had no answers, but Will and Natasha did. And it is such great comfort to me knowing that there's a better life raft out there than Tom Chenault. And it lets me be the tour guide and the talent scout and drop them right where they need to be. And that's what I love about Silver Bell Coaching is yet I've never seen you turn anybody down. And I've asked you to help people. And it's the drop of a hat. And it's just unbelievable who you've been. And we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And it's important work you're doing. And we didn't get into a lot of those statistics. We should do another show. And uh, Natasha, I love you. And Will, I love you. And Adrian actually loves you. Doesn't know you that well. But in Denise, I love both of you, but uh, I love both of you equally, but I do still feel the need to see other people if that's okay. <laughs> You're the best. That is so cute. Uh, and uh, it's fun. How much time do we have? A uh, little over a minute. Okay. So, anything you want to say before you get out of here, Will? Um, He's tongue tied. Look at that. 
Well, no, I was just thinking you can check out the website, silverbellcoaching.com. And uh, Natasha is also launching a foundation to help people in need, um, which is the In Service Foundation. Um, you can go to that website as well. Um, yeah, cool. And next week, we've got Tom Ziegler, who is the obviously the son of the great Zig Ziegler. It is going to be an unbelievable show. So you want to come on to that one, too. But there's were, nothing better than this your show. wife. I'm what? cutting you off because your wife is your wife said the most courageous people I know are those who walk into a 12 step room. I couldn't agree more, Denise. Yeah. See, you married a smart woman, Tom. Yeah. Okay. No Hi, Denise. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Everybody have a great week. Are we out of here? 10 seconds. Okay. Thank you. I don't even I, see. I have <laughs> this is his show. I don't even have anything to do with it anymore. We'll see thank you next you, week. Adrian. Way, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Adrian. Bye, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Get to work. Bye-bye.